will increase your efficiency 20% if you learn to do the tough things first, the ones you don't want to do. Ray Zinn now imparts his management philosophy in Tough Things First. In this series, Zinn covers it all from the essence of human happiness. If you're going to make it a consistent practice of working Saturdays just because you think you've got to work 80 hours a week to be successful, you're, you're just flat out wrong. To the downside of venture capital. People said, well, don't sweat the small things. Well, I guarantee if you don't sweat the small things, the big things are going to become a mess. And the essence of entrepreneurial discipline. Don't want to wait until you jump off the cliff to grab a parachute. Now here's Ray Zinn, Silicon Valley's longest-serving CEO. Welcome to the Tough Things First podcast, your indispensable source for business, leadership, and life advice with the longest-serving CEO in Silicon Valley. I'm your guest host, Rob Artigo, and he's Ray Zinn. Hello, Ray. Hello there, Rob. So good to be with you this morning. It's good to be with you and good to be back. This is a special edition of the Tough Things First podcast, so if you're just listening, you can go to the website, toughthingsfirst.com, and you can find the, the podcast, and then you can click on the link that'll take you to Ray's YouTube channel, and you can watch the video there if that's what you prefer to do. Make sure you rate this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and, and keep us going strong. So, Ray, I was reading Business Insider on the internet, and I saw a headline recently that touted quiet quitting is the natural sequel to the great resignation as workers still rethink their jobs three years into the pandemic. Now, when I read that, I was thinking, I'm not sure it's a sequel. I think it's part and parcel to the same process. Am I wrong? No, you're, you're correct. Um, what's interesting is that the um, pandemic, which came on in 2020, um, actually precipitated this concept of, of the great resignation slash quiet quitting. So uh, allowing people to work from home has been the, the enigma of, of this whole issue of the great resignation and, and quiet quitting. Uh, you know, I don't know what percentage of people that really like their job, but I don't think it's greater than, than 75%. Uh, and, and maybe half of them just tolerate it. Uh, you know, I know that in my career, I probably quit, you know, four or five times uh, my job uh, because I wasn't that happy in what I was doing. And so if you give a, a, a person a reason not to be happy in what they're doing, they're going to look around. They're going to try to find uh, uh, some other way to provide for their family. If they have no choice, then that, that's a, a different situation. But the pandemic gave them a choice. They could work from home. They could uh, work from a, some other office. They could go, you know, work from a uh, from a hotel room. I mean, it, I mean, this this whole pandemic thing, and and the, and the ability to do things like Zoom and and other team viewing and whatever uh, it allowed uh, people to work remotely. And I think as this remote concept is what's precipitated this whole great resignation and and uh, and quiet quitting. I know my son, for example, he, he loves working from home. He, I mean, he he's not looking forward to going back to the office. Yeah, I was looking at the definition of quiet quitting, uh, and uh, it says doing the bare minimum at a job without actually leaving. I'm sure your son is not doing the bare minimum working from home. He's doing, you know, doing no. hard work, and he's, he's, he's dedicated, but... Um, 
uh, but there are people who are whether they're working from home or working in an office or forced to go back to the office that they're they're just sort of um, running through the motions or uh, you know showing up for work and, and checking in. I, I even heard the other day that somebody who worked for Meta was posting videos about how their whatever their job is that they don't do anything. So they they would post they would post videos of them showing up for work and going and having snacks at the at the one of the restaurants in the in the uh, building and then then going over and doing something else that's not wor- it, like they were literally posting videos of them doing nothing. So this, you know, it, I don't know if if this person's quiet quitting or or just trying to announce that she's not uh, usable over there at Meta and probably should be laid off. Um, but uh, it, I, I see this trend. And then I was also thinking to the fact that um, Google just announced 12, I think it was 12,000 across the uh, worldwide, uh, it, 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 their, you know, total numbers across the, the world, um, which is huge. So I don't know if 12% might, I mean, 12,000 might've been 6% of the workforce or something. But um, uh, but again, you got layoffs going on. Do you think the fact that we're seeing layoffs now because of the downturn in the economy will impact the way people behave, whether it's quiet quitting or the great resignation? I think it's both. So um, <clears throat> let's let's talk about this um, um, terminate or this uh, layoffs that are that are occurring mainly in in the tech industry. Um, so you, if you remember. Uh, Biden had this program where if you didn't lay people off during the uh, pandemic, then you could get a tax credit. So that's run out. So then all of these tax credits that these companies have been getting, keeping these people employed, has now gone away. And and so um, because the pandemic's over. So that's, I, I think, a good chunk of why Meta and some of the Google and others are having these, and Microsoft, these big layoffs is because they're not getting credit for by, for keeping these people on, uh, and and let, let at least that's that's what I'm hearing. Um, I met on Sunday, uh, just a few days ago. I met with uh, the um, Secretary of State for for the state of Montana, uh, and because she was doing some fundraising and she was talking about all things that she was accomplishing and had accomplished. She 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 has been able to cut back her um, department by by. Uh, 75 percent in other words she's got one-fourth of the number of people that she had uh just uh, um, uh during the pandemic um and and i thought that was interesting and i said well how'd you how'd you do that she said well because we're being more efficient um and so i think with uh with people working from home or you know working remotely uh has allowed companies to, to look at really what what progress do these people or what um, uh, um, efficiencies do we get by having all this extra staff that we don't need uh, and so uh, and, and and the companies haven't been really trying to to um, uh, teamwork with their with their people and uh, pe- people have been working alone because they're remote and and so there's been no team building there's been no camaraderie uh, and so you know it's just like people who go to church you know they go to church because to socialize so part of the reason for going into the office is to socialize like you talked about that lady at, at meta uh and so this this whole socializing thing has has been uh perturbated by the uh by the pandemic 
and people have been getting used to working alone. And and so, you know, how do companies keep their employees enthused and, and motivated um, uh, if, if they're working remotely? That's that's the key I see. Yeah, you know, and uh, the, the culture at Micrell, which you were CEO for 37 years, uh, I mean, you, you, were, you were there at the beginning of, um, you know, a, a growth spurt for Silicon Valley, what, what created the, uh, the namesake for the area. And you've seen downturns and you've seen upturns and you've seen everything in between. And you've had to deal with, uh, with, with staffing. And uh, the culture at Micrell has always been one where, where people not only enjoyed working, but if they left, they tended to want to try to find a way to come back because they found the culture someplace else not be as advantageous. Um, do you think that the working from home, I mean, from what I've heard you so far, I think the answer is going to be yes, but but working from home has diminished the capacity of many companies to uh, perform at their peak. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at least in my opinion, um, you know, uh, there's a book written called Managing by by Walking Around. And, and that's kind of what what I used to do. And, and a lot of my managers, we would we would walk around, visit with people, uh, learn about their families, learn about what's making them happy or unhappy. And and uh, you can't do that if you're remote. Uh, and, you know, hardly any managers are, are managing people in the way that we used to. Uh, back before the pandemic and so the whole concept of managing your staff or your your people is changing i mean how do you manage remotely that's the key in fact we probably ought to write a book about managing remotely uh because that's that's what the way the world's going um with the exception maybe of the, the restaurants and places that have to have people there uh more and more people are finding that that working from home is great because they don't have the commute time. You know, you'll save maybe two hours a day just not commuting. And that means that there's more free time for the family. It's it just uh, a much happier situation working uh, uh, remotely. But then how do you keep your employees happy? How do you how do you keep them motivated uh, and keeping them working together as a team if they're really not uh, working together, you know, physically as, as, as you would. Yeah. And the communication when you uh, your, uh, your management style was, as you said, walking around, you would walk around and, and talk to people because getting to know them as people, not just mm-hmm. as in, in terms of what they're doing on the job, you got, you went around and you wanted to know what was going on in their lives, how they were, how they were doing, what, what was their work life? balance like but i think when you're managing remotely you may end up being the manager that talks at people instead of listening to them more often because there's the it's just a different communication than when you're sitting there and you can put your hand on somebody's shoulder you know when you're talking to them and and you know i mean um your example of of leadership uh, contrasted to a remote environment i think there is a um, like you said there's a there are some good things about being able to work from home and there are some things about management perhaps that aren't going to work as well because you don't have that personal touch i'm not sure that every family has a remote office in their home that that they can work efficiently from so they may be working at the kitchen table 
uh, and that little little kids scurrying in and out, or maybe the phone's ringing, or the, or the TV's going in the mm-hmm. in the background, or whatever. And it's just so many distractions. So the efficiency is just going to go down, down, down. Uh, and uh, and so uh, what companies are finding is that is that they know that this is happening, uh, and and yet they're getting the same amount of workout. So they're saying, well, then why do I really need this person uh, if um, if my efficiencies or my my projects are still getting finished on time, and and um, and this this person we know is not being that efficient in what they're doing uh, because they're working remotely. Uh, so that that's a problem. Even though they're they're not traveling or not doing the commute as much, not putting in the you know two hours a day commuting, uh, you know they're still getting a lot of distractions. You know, somebody knocking at the door, you know, telephone ringing, you know, they're you know, radio going in the background. I mean, I, I just can't imagine the distractions that, that occur when you're doing remote, working remotely. So, uh, so that's a challenge. So the, the concept of, of, of working remotely is what we have to figure out, uh, you know, how to do a better job in managing our, our employees uh, while they're working remotely. So uh, my suggestion is we, they almost have to have a, uh, yeah, a, a group, meeting uh either at the facility where they just socialize as you would just have a socialized socializing time for half an hour or so uh maybe they have some refreshments or whatever but they just kind of get together Uh, so you need people we're a very social animal you know we need to be around each other and so you know uh if you're watching this video and and listening to this podcast you know, consider having a, a little get together at, at work or at the office uh, with your those who can get to the office, get together, um, you know, once a week and, and for a half an hour, an hour and uh, just have a little get together, a little socializing and maybe just, you know, have a you know, way to talk about the business and review with them how business is going and and keeping them in touch as you would and keeping them in touch with you. That, that's that's a suggestion for those that are going to continue to work remotely. It seems to me that if if you have somebody on the staff who is being passive aggressive, which I think is what that quiet quitting is really all about, just just being there and and taking up time and taking a paycheck, um, you can in a social environment like that, you may be able to spot those people who are disenchanted, and and you may be able to save yourself the hassle. I mean, if you're not if you're not in the middle of layoffs, you you may be able to save yourself some hassle by identifying the person who who is in that mode and then, and then, uh, you know, trigger something in them that gets them out of the quiet quitting mode and gets them recommitted to what they were doing at the business. Yeah. Staying in touch, uh, socially is very important. So the, you know, the bottom line of this podcast that we're doing today, um, is to really encourage those who are going to, um, have a remote, uh, work environment is to get together on, on some weekly basis, at the office where you just socialize a little bit and maybe talk about the program, talk about how the company is doing, uh, keep them engaged as you would. Uh, don't just let them sit around at home. Uh, we know that bad habits can occur within a day or two and it takes weeks to, to get a good habit. So if the employee starts getting some bad habits and during the remote uh, day, uh, work day, uh, you know, that, that's gonna be hard to get them back on, a, on, on doing, doing the right things, the good things that they, that they should be doing. Uh, because I'll tell you what, I've worked from home 
also uh, in my my career, and it's very easy to get distracted. I liked it because I had more flexibility. Uh, nobody watching over my shoulder. Nobody micromanaging me. Uh, you know, I was able to just you know do my job, and and I felt I thought that was great. But I I could see how inefficient that was because of the the distractions that that occur um, when I was working remotely. Well, a great podcast, Ray, really. Uh, and for the listeners, you know, you can always reach out to Ray Zinn with your questions at toughthingsfirst.com. It's a continuing education here. As you know, if you've listened enough times, you you know that, um, you know, it's a, it's a master's class in, in business and management. So keep joining us. Keep coming back. We love having you here and having you listen to us uh, here at Tough Things First. Um, you can find more at toughthingsfirst.com on the podcasts and also blogs and links to Ray Zen's books, Tough Things First, and uh, The Zen of Zen, one, two, and three. And I hope you enjoy those books as well. Make sure you get them and, and pick them up. It's all part and parcel to what you're hearing here at Tough Things First. So great conversation, Ray. That's great, great, good, 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 uh, good stuff there, Rob. You've been listening to Tough Things First. Candid talk with Silicon Valley's longest-serving CEO, Ray Zinn. Drop by the contact page at toughthingsfirst.com for more about the book, more podcasts, and links to Ray's Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn pages to keep up with Ray Zinn's wisdom daily.